I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wrestle me, Peter. It's Pete and Mark back for another tilt at WrestleMania 27. We might actually get to a match this time round. So close. I've got that horrible knee-jerk reaction when you say, back. Um, I have that thing of almost going back once again with With the the Renegade. And I have to pull it in every time. Oh, sorry, Mark. And if you listen back, you'll hear me take the intake of breath. When you went back, I went... But once again, let's can't stop it now. Oh God! Um, Hey, look, we're we're recording this quite early on in the year. Yes, okay. It's um, you know we are in early April now, Mm -hmm. and so this you guys will be hearing in May, May, early May, you'd say. Yes. So what you will have missed is both of our birthdays. Now, Pete, (laughs) you are really, really generous, and you always give me lovely presents of the year, and you always do it. Now, I tried really hard to get you some good stuff, but then lockdown happened. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I can't get anything good. But one thing did arrive. (laughs) Uh, So this is a little birthday present for you. It is very on brand. Oh, yes. Oh, that is wonderful. That is... (laughs) Big Shaw and uh, Big Boss Man uh, in their celebration. <laughs> it's so horrible. <laughs> uh, my One of my favourite scenes in wrestling is Big Boss Man driving his Big Boss police car. He's now a policeman now. Um, uh, uh, pulling uh, a, a man in a casket uh, with his son, uh, the son of the dead man, uh, on top of the, the casket. Uh, and by dead man, I mean Big Shaw's uh, son. Big Shaw is on top of a casket. <laughs> it's, it's a pin. It's a pin badge. It is a lot to take in. It's isn't a double it? pin badge. It would really work nicely as like a you know those little collar pins you get. So you're like it really you know, would. on one side of the collar on you'd your have tips. yeah you'd have you'd have Big Boss Man. Driving his it's it's two separate then, pins attached then, with a chain, isn't it? So That's what's so amazing. We have to take a picture of that. It's so funny. It is good. The, the creator is on the back it's really worth um if you want one 20, of these 20 apparel 20 by 20 apparel yeah Fantastic. he is a big wrestling man and he uh, delivered that most excellently hey, <laughs> hey. Um, that's so wonderful happy birthday pete thank um, you look, guys just because pete's birthday's come and gone it doesn't mean you can't give him presents <laughs> he, he's happy to receive do you know what he likes vintage Football t shirts <laughs> from around the world. That's what he likes. I like Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we do have Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMe. Uh, if you want to get involved, if you want to hear more from WrestleMania 27, you get the whole thing in one big lump, all the pay per view in one big lump, uh, and you get an extra show every single week. Uh, and we don't have to talk about all of this modern muck. We can talk about some stuff <laughs> yeah. that you want to hear. We're, we're, get involved. It's a meritocracy. It's, a, it's an, an autocracy. Let us know what you want to uh, be hearing, and we will. We are uh, doing. Uh, Great American Bash 1990 this month, yes. and uh, it's a banging podcast. Mm. Uh, sorry, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I meant it's a banging event because, and, and actually, and, and look, this this seems like a really cruel sell if you're not a Patreon subscriber because right. this WrestleMania is really, really boring and bland. <laughs> and we tried to make it not sound boring and bland uh, because we are look, this podcast the masters of the makes, wrestling podcast. It makes diamonds out of dirt. <laughs> but uh, if you give us diamonds to start with, what do we make? Huge. 
huge diamonds. Massive diamonds. With, with great big sexy curves. <laughs> um, I, I round was, diamonds. I was really close to yeah. I've polished, I've polished around. It's not, it's not a pearl, it's a diamond. We have to uh, lose down. quite a lot of the original diamond to make them round, actually. So um, it's really going Very badly. Wasteful. Very wasteful. Uh, this is the fabric of Americana. This is the epitome of pop culture. This is the pinnacle of entertainment. This has been written by a fucking English grad who I don't think he's seen a great deal of wrestling before. No. Um, that is Michael Cole's opening words uh, on uh, to this WrestleMania. It sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. It really does. The epitome of pop culture. <laughs> it's just, I'd sing it right in a... In like a, a, a university, uh, what, what do you write at the end of the year? Never really I do one. Um, you do a dissertation. Dissertation, yeah, and, and it's that sort of thing where you've gone. Um, unlike everybody else who is looking at the work of uh, Vedakind, um, <laughs> I have chosen to cast a critical eye over the epitome of pop culture. Some would say the fabric of Americana, the pinnacle of WrestleMania, and you'd still get zero on it. You know, just, <laughs> get yeah, out. Nice try, doofus. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this is a, a funny WrestleMania insofar as the commentary teams are a bit all over the place. And yes. The reason for that is there's a match involving two of them, mm. Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. So um, you get different people dropping in and out through this. Um, through most of it, Michael Cole is sitting in a plastic box, mm. uh, which is called the Coal Mine. Uh, where he's erected this to keep Jerry Lawler away from him. Right, they okay. have basically started feuding. Mm. And... These this at the time was quite a big angle. People actually were looking forward to seeing Michael Cole get his comeuppance. Right. Um, but Michael Cole is is during this period playing the heel announcer, and so you just have a lot of squabbling yeah. uh, on air, which doesn't make for a particularly enjoyable. It's a funny thing where when you get someone like Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura, Jesse Ventura supports the bad guys, yeah. but he's also not continually going, "You stupid fat piece of shit, Gorilla! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stupid moron with your great big sausage hands!" And in this, I mean, there is a bit where where they are calling each other morons. Jerry Lawler, you can tell, gets annoyed a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where he calls him a moron so violently that Michael Cole actually laughs. I did He's, hear that. that was, that was actually quite, like, he went, ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, they, 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 the problem with that is when you have the commentators who are, who are arguing, yeah. they are also getting themselves over at the expense of what's going on in the ring. Yeah. So they're, if you like, pushing forward their storyline mm. at the expense of what's happening. And I found that a really, again, probably at the time it didn't seem as weird. It's only afterwards when you go, I have no idea what this feud is over. Yeah, because you're coming to it quite cold. And when the um, when uh, Ricardo... Uh, is it Ricardo Rod- Rodriguez? Rodriguez, yeah, yeah and, the, the, and, and, the announcer. Yeah. Uh, and Albert Del Rio and stuff. And, and uh, Ricardo and, and Del Rio, when when they're kind of out and obviously mm. one one uh, commentator is, is all in on them, one, yep. one commentator isn't and they're just squabbling and you're like all right fine but can we just get to what we're actually watching here? it is it's, not it's enjoyable match. to listen no. to and there's a funny thing here about about michael cole who is who is the man who is there every week mm. when it comes to wrestlemania people don't want him doing their matches <laughs> so when they've got sway you can knock him off and bring out jim ross yeah and so undertaker has always asked for jim ross to be commentating his matches you know because he adds to the drama and it's a really noticeable thing after the cole and lawler match they take michael cole out and they jerry lawler then having commentated the, the, the Lawler and Cole match is able to stay for the rest of WrestleMania. And the matches that he does are Triple H versus The Undertaker and the main event. Yeah. And it's a funny thing where Michael Cole is the man who is there week in, week out. And he still got to the point where they go, it'd be better if he didn't do the main event. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a <laughs> clever way gravitas. of getting JR back in. Mm. And it really does work. I mean, I mean, as soon as you get Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler stopping arguing and you get Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler who respect each other and are both about the matches it really really improves yeah um, the problem is the stuff in the ring apart from the, the Undertaker matches you know pretty hard to, to, to sell mm. um, the, the line that I really did like it was just Jerry Lawler is, is uh, they have Josh Matthews in and Josh Matthews is there to sort of fill the role of the bland boring vanilla bland boy which he does very <laughs> well indeed um, he is uh, he he just says nothing that is funny or witty. It's just a really blanded out, awful sort of... And this partly was the problem with the commentary at this period. 
the, the product wasn't helped by the commentary. Mm. It was very difficult not to listen to it and just go, I can't stand any of this. <laughs> Matt Stryker, Josh Matthews, and an arguing Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. It's like, <laughs> hell. <laughs> the bit I did like was Jerry Lawler just goes, yep, Snoop Dogg is in the his house. And Cole, who's not in shot, just goes, oh, that was good. Um, <laughs> but, but no one's getting over. So no. I sort of like, I don't like Michael Cole. And then I, Jerry Lawler speaking and I go, yeah, Cole's got a point there. Jerry Lawler's really tired and hackneyed. And then Lawler will go, you're, you, you're shit at this. And Michael Cole will go, you're fucking stupid. And I sit there and just go, I agree with all of this. And I hadn't thought of it before. And you can't. You really the- expose the product here. You have. What's the best you can hope for this? <laughs> that, that I somehow go, both of these people are brilliant. I think the one who is who is telling me that the other one is awful is wrong, but I respect his opinion because he's so good that I also think he's right. I don't know. <laughs> awful. Um, first match, Pete. Yeah. World champion Edge with Christian versus Alberto Del Rio with Brodus Clay. <sighs> Oh, it's going to take a while to get through, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Edge's last WrestleMania appearance. Oh, really? For nine years. Wow. So it very much seemed like this was the last match in his career. Was this an injury? Was it an injury? It was, yeah. No one right. actually knew uh, that there was a problem, not even Edge at this point. But right. the day after this match, he went for an MRI. So he'd been having some problems with his neck. And the, and the MRI, losing... didn't, didn't, the guy didn't know he was a wrestler. So, what have you been doing to yourself? <laughs> Your brain is mush. Did you come here via meteorite? <laughs> <laughs> but he went to the, the, the doctors in, in Atlanta, having, having I think he was losing strength so, in one of his arms. Right, okay, so yeah. that, for wrestlers, is obviously a big red flag. Spiny, you know what yeah. that's, that's about. spiny. Um, he was diagnosed... The next day with spinal stenosis which is where your spine begins your spinal column begins narrowing it begins pinching all of the nerves he just basically he'd been feeling unwell sometime before Wrestlemania he'd had pins and needles and numbness and he'd had a bit of dizziness and they basically said to him that is it you're yep. you're all done yeah and so at this Wrestlemania it's his last match it looked until this year like this was his Him. absolutely career was over um, but he didn't know it even when he was doing this match right. so not only could they not give him a sort of big retirement thing he didn't even realize it was coming up right um, it's great in a way that he went out a champion um, you know, it's a nice thing to, to have done. And I think, you know, in retrospect, it looked a bit like, oh, they'd let him go over because they knew that this was, you know, coming up. But I don't think anyone quite knew the severity of it. So yeah. um, it just happened. He went out and retired as champion. Um, and he did a very emotional um, speech on Raw. Uh, it must have been not the next night, but the night after, right. uh, the week after, rather. And that became a, a funny thing. But by the time Edge was doing his retirement thing in ring, that became weirdly almost like a, a new trope in wrestling where you would get great matches out of people, they would become champion, they would lose the belt. And then at the end of their career, what they'd get to do was they'd open up Raw in a 20-minute segment where they'd cry and they'd just say, so i got to tell you... <laughs> Gonna be turning my back on everything, you know. And it became almost like a wrestling trope that was that was pretty much forming around this time. Where right. having Shawn Michaels really, I suppose, did one of the earliest ones with his "I've um, lost my smile," but that mm. turned out to be he just he was having problems <laughs> coming to work. Big shit. But then it does become a thing where you know you get all these people. I mean, later they would use it very successfully around this time with Mark Henry. Mark Henry in his, yeah. in his uh, turn, like he, in, in his yeah. salmon-coloured uh, jacket, one of the <laughs> iconic pieces of wrestling clothing. I watched that a few times. Uh, very, it's very enjoyable. But it is funny how it became. It becomes a as much a part of wrestling mm. as your chase for the belt, or you know <laughs> the, the 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 turn on your partner. Yeah, you know you, you get, get to do the teary. Speech. Okay, guys, and this is me, and this is real, and I wish it wasn't. You know, always the way. Um, so uh, this this is an interesting sort of group of people. So you have um, Alberto Del Rio, and Alberto Del Rio is. Really, I, I watched this and I'd forgotten how good he was. Mm. Basically, they've given him um, Mexican JBL. Is right? His, is okay. His gimmick. I, I thought because I was I wasn't sure why. Like he's got a mansion. Mm. Why is he a bad guy? He's, he's like. I thought it was like the subtext of he was a drug lord, and that was why everyone was kind of like, he was, you know, he's a Mexican drug lord, and, and, yeah. and that's why he's got the car, that's why he's got the mansion. I thought that was the subtext. This is but it very wasn't just... much Vince McMahon's thing about going, what would really annoy people 
it my would gardener be being rich. A Mexican do well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that, that, that's 100% it. And, and he, he wasn't hated. He was sort of delightful. Yeah. He's like, he, he is so good. He was around for a, you know, a long time in WWE. And this is really the early run that he had. He's at his peak. Right. And so uh, over the years, he begins to look like a lot of people did in this period if they hung around. They would begin, their love of wrestling would begin to seep out through their fucking faces. <laughs> and they would look tired and they would start being lethargic. Yeah. And at this point, he has got the world in front of him and he is almost like a can't-miss Mexican megastar. Right. He, in real life, is very much like the real sort of character of Alberto Del Rio. So he is he was born into one of the most famous wrestling Mexican families. Um, his father was the luchador Dos Caras, and uh, his uncle were Mil Mascaras and uh, Cico de, C, what's his name? Cicodelico. So uh, Cicodelico, not as well known, but Mil Mascaras. I mean, delicate. For, for the, I don't know. Uh, it's, <laughs> don't hit me. Uh, psychedelico. <laughs> oh, I psychedelico. Think it is. Oh, right. I can't right. pronounce it because oh, yeah. I, 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 I see the sicko and then I've, I've lost I've it gone. already. <laughs> uh, but Mil Mascaras was during the 80s uh, and the late 70s the biggest. Mexican wrestler. And he was also one of the few Mexican wrestlers who was also very, very big internationally. Right. Uh, um, Dos Caras was his brother. And Dos Caras was also a huge headliner. Both of them were masked men. Del Rio, um, he started off as a legitimate uh, wrestler. So he did Greco-Roman wrestling. Right. Um, he was placed, he was in the Mexican national team. He placed third at the World Junior Championships in 97 in the Czech Republic. He won the Central American and Caribbean Games in his weights division three times. He won medals at the Pan-American Games. And he would have competed in the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. But due to a lack of funding and support, Mexico didn't send a wrestling team. Right. Um, so he had a legitimate background. He spent then eight years wrestling in Mexico as uh, Dos Caras Jr. So one of the biggest names. The, the guys who were the huge names in Mexican wrestling, a lot of them would have sons who would go into the business. Mm. But they wouldn't immediately allow their children to take their names because if their children were terrible, that would reflect badly on them. So... He ends up being Dos Caras Jr. Because even though Dos Caras is one of the, probably at this point, three, four biggest stars in the country, he can really do this. Right. He's masked, um, and he spends eight years working in Mexico, pretty much always at the top of the cards. He wins big belts, the CMLW, um, CMLL title, which is one of the oldest uh, in, in Mexico. Right. Um, in 2008... The WWE approached him and said, we'd like you to, to make a surprise appearance in the Royal Rumble and then sign a, a, a contract. But he turned them down saying, you know, he was doing well enough and he didn't feel that at the time they had enough respect for Mexican wrestling culture. Of which, of course, you know, he is almost like Prince Harry. Yeah. You know, he comes from this royal Mexican family. Uh, but in 2009, he did sign a three-year contract and he said a number of things have been put in place. He was told he didn't have to go to Florida Championship Wrestling, which was the developmental territory. He yeah. would be going straight, straight to the main in, yeah. roster. And he was told that he would retain all the rights to his mask, his name, and his image. And he would sublet them, if you like, to WWE for promotional purposes. That's so huge. he had a, a, a massive thing. So as soon as the contract was signed, he went to wrestle for Florida Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Where at a taping, he revealed uh, his new unmasked wrestling character, which was called at the time Alberto Banderas. Um, Banderas. Mexican who was not very pleased, the big Mexican wrestling fan contingent, that he just unmasked willingly. Because obviously, yeah. you know, I think we've talked about this with some of the Rey Mysterio stuff. It's seen as being a very important part of Mexican wrestling culture. Mm. And your mask is one of those things that you can lose in a match. And if you lose it in a match, you never put it back on again. Mm. Um, you shouldn't be like Rey Mysterio did, losing your mask every now and then uh, <laughs> because WCW don't have any respect for it. Um, but he willingly just went, what the fuck? you know um his his career was it, it was decent you know he was a a, a mid carder at times he was a main eventer but you know they just never quite pulled the trigger on him properly he was so charismatic in his first run and he and he just comes out um when you know how tired he will look in the future it's impossible <laughs> not to go oh man um he also took part in mma Right. Um, because I think you know his legitimate background. Mm. He is—he isn't just a, uh, if you like, a, a, a wrestler. Mm. He is a sort of real 
sports combat, you mm. know, legitimate bloke. Um, MMA, he had 15 bouts with nine wins and six losses. Right. Um, f- his losses are much more famous than his wins, to be honest. Um, only one of the men he's beaten has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> uh, pretty much everyone who's beaten him is slightly a name fighter. Right. Um, he fought uh, Mirko Krokop in one of his most famous MMA bouts um, at Pride's Bushido One. And Pride were a Japanese MMA group who were notorious. Not notorious, that's not fair. They were very legit. They were famous for quite brutal matches. And Mirko Krokop was a Croatian MMA star. He was called Krokop. He was a Croatian policeman, Krokop. And he um, he was, at the time, one of the great like MMA stars yeah. because he was explosive and he had a head kick. His mm. head kick would knock people the fuck out. <laughs> right. And uh, he, um, he took on uh, uh, Antonio, uh, Alberto Del Rio, who at the time I think was still called Dos Caras. And uh, he came out for his MMA match wearing a modified wrestling mask. So it didn't, it wasn't like one that covered everything apart from his eyes. It had great big sections. You could see his face, but he was still paying heritage to his Mexican mask, okay, right. even in this MMA fight. And he got knocked out very quickly with a high head kick. Uh, and Did not protect him. No, not at all. And it was sort of famous because everyone was like, it's sort of funny because he's got this mask on. But he has a, a, it's one of those knockouts. It's not a spectacular knockout. The kick is great. Yeah. And he just sort of sits down. Like, he sort of slumps down. But his face is just totally blank in the way you only get when you've been properly knocked out, you know. And he doesn't sort of go off or anything. He just goes, from sit down. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Uh, yeah, he um, his last MMA match was in December 2012 and uh, d- December 2019 rather, mm. uh, last December, and he lost to Tito Ortiz, who was once, uh, of course, like a one of the most uh, uh, guaranteed bankable MMA stars. Mm. Um, th- th- not, not looked that way for many many years, but you know, look, hey, Del Rio did a lot better than I would have done. So <laughs> he is he is legit. Um, at this point, he has got his bodyguard Brodus Clay. Yes. Um, a man who I was drawn to a little while ago because of the Fungasaurus gimmick. Yes. And the disco song that goes along with it. Yep. Um, uh, learning a little more about him, I'm, le- I'm less keen on yep. him. To He's a guy called George Murdoch. Um, he worked originally as a bodyguard for Snoop Dogg. Um, and so right. the, the name they gave him, Broadus Clay, uh, br- sorry, Brodus Clay, is a like play. A sun- from Sunderland. It's a play on Snoop Dogg's real name. So Snoop Dogg, his real name is Calvin Broadus. Right. So. Snoop Dogg must have been so in with WWE at the time that they're going, we're going to create characters sort of based on your name. Yeah. People from your past are coming in. Why they cut him, who knows? Um, and they had Brodus Cape debut uh, as Alberto Del Rio's bodyguard mm. um, it, for his first run. And this is a time when everyone was quite bland. And when he first appeared, Brodus Clay, he, I was properly fucking excited. And the reason for that was he looked like a frightening monster. Yeah, because his face is quite frightening, and he's big, and you, and those physiques don't come around a yeah. hell of a lot. He's tall. When was the big. last time they signed someone who was fat? Yeah, you know, and it was suddenly just going. That is what a wrestler should look like. He mm. looks like a monster. <laughs> you know, he looks like something from a bad dream. Yeah, not everyone has to look like Ted DiBiase Jr. Because <laughs> we've seen in the last year or so when they do. It's impossible to, like, care because yeah. everyone's a cookie-cutter replica of, of everybody else. Mm. And so Brodus Clay coming in, you were like, great. This yeah. guy, you know, he looks just... He looks like a shaved fucking uh, Sasquatch. There's something <laughs> about him that was... that was. He has, he's got very snaggly teeth. Yes, he um, looks like he's got an extra s- 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 set of teeth behind you. Yeah, teeth, little like baby teeth never came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they, they basically had him as the bodyguard, and then they began saying, right, well, he's going to make his SmackDown debut. And they delayed it from November 2011 to January 2012, where whenever they'd be like, he's going to be on tonight, they'd have John Laurinaitis, who was the general manager of Raw, just... Oh, uh, uh, Smackdown at the time just say oh actually no it's going to be next week you know we can't do it we've run out of time and so there was this big weird long right. like they, would, they wouldn't they would put him out they wouldn't put him out and then finally they went okay it's time let's have his debut and you've seen these vignettes for four months of him just looking furious and nasty and when they finally say here he comes you hear the opening bars of the single greatest wrestling theme of all time, Somebody Call My Mama. And so they launch him into they launch him in, into into the uh, as, as being a wrestler yeah. with with the Funkasaurus yeah. mum somebody call my mama. Yeah. 
And he and comes out in a tracksuit with two dancers called the Funkadactyls. Yes. Uh, they are later the, the brilliant uh, uh, current wrestler, Naomi, uh, and the, the less good one whose name has slipped my mind, which is terrible. <laughs> uh, Cameron, I think, is her real name. What's, what's she called here? Who knows? Oh, uh, <laughs> this is not the podcast to come to if you're desperate to find out what the Funkadactyls' names are. <laughs> um, we've got a huge bit to do about the sexual allegations coming up, so <laughs> that's the bit I'm really concerned about. And out comes... Um, Brodus Clay dressed as the Funkasaurus mm, to somebody like calls a, Mama. Like a member of Run DMC. Uh, just a little dan- was he just learning the dance? Is that why he was delayed? He just couldn't <laughs> get the dance in. I think it was a weird trolling. I don't quite understand what what the thought behind it was. That oh, it was like go, he was going to be a monster. Here comes the monster. Beast, here yeah, comes the monster. Yeah, yeah. And people, the thing is, you see, people were genuinely excited. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's, he's basically... He's in a romper suit and he's, he's just dancing around. It's like a sitcom character. Yeah. When they, when they sort of go... Um, oh yeah, you know I'll host your party, and they go. Oh, so listening up to MC, it's a bit like that. Yeah, it's like Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air just turned up, and he's wearing a dress. Exactly. Ha-ha, you, I subverted what you expected. You know, there's only one way out of this, Rodney, don't you? <laughs> Hard crash. Rodney behind the decks, good. It's that. And he came out, and I, I do remember this fucking happening. And I remember thinking, you pieces of shit. You know, you, you had actually finally someone who looked something different. Yeah. And you've gone, and now the most important thing is that we squander this. Mm. Um, I, I, look, I, I will forgive anything that has somebody called my mum on it. Now, <laughs> it's a, it is a, somebody a, a, call my mama. It's an endlessly excellent song. It's great. I think it's one of the best wrestling themes of all time. It's just someone pleading <laughs> to call their mama. <laughs> it was originally the music in WCW of Ernest the Cat Miller, right? And you know how little they cared about WCW. They bought the 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 the, the company and it's so trademark. So they bought and, all of the yeah. music as well, right? Yeah, and they bought all of the music as oh, well. So now, it was originally it was they original. they have basically used the music for the occasional WCW. W stars they would get over, yeah. but, but very few of them because a lot of the WW stars were repackaged. But they'd use, you know, I don't know, Goldberg's theme, that sort of thing. Mm. And yet someone went through and they went, Do you know what? I know, I know you're not interested in all this, and I know it's just, you know, we don't reuse WW stuff, but have you heard somebody call my mama? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're, it's been used a few times. I think it's been used since as well. I think I've heard it. Oh, for a couple of times where people have like, right. where they've used it almost like background music, where they've gone, so please welcome the recipients <laughs> of the check that we've given. <laughs> it's like library music you'll, uh, uh, that was included with iTunes. You'll hear everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, I, I love it. I was thinking about this because uh, I think someone had asked me on Twitter just saying, you know, what's your favourite themes? Someone did ask us if we could do uh, a little Patreon episode on some of the albums that oh, right, the okay, WWE yeah, yeah. released and I think that is a really fun idea yeah. I think it's a really good one but like when it comes to wrestling theme tunes I've been thinking about this it's actually been sort of a good way to get through lockdown I can spend like two hours every night thinking <laughs> what is the best and all different reasons but I go the Midnight Express theme which again is a sort of doesn't sound like a wrestling theme tune it's really good I'll play that it's like 80s sort of weird synthy instrumental right. uh, it's got to be Somebody Call My Mama I think yeah, it's, it's up there it, it's just I used to play it on my radio show as, as, as a as a background music all the time I love it absolutely love it it is great oh. um, Brodus Clay doesn't really do anything in his career as no, a result right. I think of this you know it's uh, it, it was it, it's impossible not to look back on these decisions and think you know are you sort of pleased that you you let that go are you okay. pleased that by your decisions you squandered this what could have been sort of interesting well I, I watched him um, in a clip from some backyard, not backyard wrestling, but some small wrestling company, um, David Arquette uh, was kicking him out of the ring. Mm. If David Arquette is involved yeah, in absolutely. your matches, you know where well, you're at. He, he left the WWE in 2014. Right. So he's one of those people, again, who has a sort of like three, four year career where there's nothing happens. Yeah. He ends up in TNA as Tyrus until 2017 um, and he leaves wrestling uh, you know, certainly as a, as, a, as a daily competitor in a company that's running weekly TV. Um, because he became a contributor on Fox, Fox News, News. yeah, which is bizarre, isn't it? He still uses the name Tyrus, yeah. which is, um, again, TNA are very just, bad at their trademarks, aren't very- they? A, Tyrus doesn't mean anything. B, it sounds like too many other things like Cyrus, who was a WWE character, yeah. and it sounds like Virus, yeah. which, you know, I think is in the today. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily very book much, I, mean, I mean, he's got opinions about it, hasn't he? <laughs> doesn't he just? And then they stick him on fucking Fox News, and he starts as a common contributor on the Greg Gutfeld show, and then he becomes from 2018 to 19 
the co-host of the show UnPC yeah. on their streaming channel Fox Nation. He's like he's like a oh I can't believe he said that kind of character. Yeah, um, but yeah. also I can't believe I texted that to a girl. Yeah, uh, kind of character as well. In 2019, UnPC co-host Britt McHenry accused Murdoch George Murdoch that's Broder's Clay Stroke Tyrus of sexual harassment after he sent her a series of lewd text messages. Mm. Just pull your boobs out now. Why don't you just grin and bear it? Was one. He doesn't do any fucking commas either, the moron. Fucking hate that. Um, he sent to her, I love the fact you're always working. If we ever had sex, I feel like after an orgasm... Oh, wait till I tell you how that's spelled. You should say, <laughs> speaking of feeling good, did you see the story on the puppy rescue? We should do a segment on it, hand me my phone. Attempt at a joke, but it's introducing sex into it. Steer, steer, And the last one was, keep being negative and I'll send you another dick pic. Don't you dare call my mama Broders. <laughs> Please don't text my mama. No, according uh, to Fox News, the matter was investigated and resolved. Yeah, he was, um, uh, he was given his own show. He was given he was a different g- show, that's right, yeah. His own and show. in December 2019, uh, the co-host uh, Britt McHenry filed a sexual harassment suit against Fox News and Murdoch. He's got a wild sense of humour if we're being generous, one current former Fox employee <laughs> said. Uh, and that is the man who gets his own show on gets Fox his own News. Show. That's, uh, that's what you do. It's annoying it's... to see that of all of the former wrestlers out there in the world, and this is obviously one that you know The Rock is on and you see him out in the world, it's annoying that there is still one wrestler who is out there spelling orgasm, O-R-G-A-Z-Z-U-M. Orgasm. 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 It's not a bad wow. wrestling name, is it? Not a bad no. wrestling name in the mask. Please don't. Eh, Orgasm. Coming out really quickly. <laughs> before, you, <laughs> before the music's even played. Diving underneath the ring like that wrestler. <laughs> yeah, like Titus O'Neil. Impregnating the ring. Uh, and then coming out having a sleep. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, Fine <laughs> match, I thought. Yeah, Fine it was good. match. Yeah. Um, Del Rio's really, really good in it. Edge is really, really good into it as well. Uh, his hair is good. Uh, the crowd are good. They're into it. Um, it's just good. Yeah. Never quite... 
catches fire. I don't know why, but it's um, it's a nice little match. I enjoyed this one. I think it's one of the two best matches at this WrestleMania. Yes, maybe three, say, maybe three. I would say it's 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 there. There's a little bit at the end where they have um, uh, the the Rolls Royce that Alberto Del Rio's driven in, and Edge, uh, following the, his win, uh, goes back. And natural thing, you know, you have a sporting competition with someone like football. Mm. If you beat a, an opposing team, you would tend to, on your way home, smash, smash up all up, their smash, cars. Smash up all their cars. Yeah, <laughs> normal right. thing. Works, yeah. I mean, not criminal act because you've won the match. <laughs> um, so he goes over to the car and he starts sort of doing some elbow drops on, on like the bonnet and then he gets on the roof and I really sort of thought to myself I thought, they have hired that car and they are <laughs> going to give it back and they're getting Edge to do stuff that isn't too isn't, yeah, yeah isn't going to uh, you, you could probably just panel bait that out yeah if, you they, could just, if, and, if someone just stood up in the car it would pop it back exactly. out exactly and they, they take it back and someone would go what's happened to the roof and they go let me oh Jesus didn't <laughs> I don't know. When did that, when did that happen? But I, I was really like, that is cheap. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, it's just Edge builds up and they suddenly get these two crowbars. Christian gives him a crowbar and they they start on the car and they start by scratching the crowbar down the side. I don't... I like... Uh, I introduce a lot of shows uh, about, you know, the Phantom Works garage, the Goblin Works garage, yeah. all of these people, Bernie and Lipu, uh, fixing up these cars and stuff. And, and so... And I love... Master craftsman, and I love yep. precision engineering, and I love anything like that, and I love respecting. So even as a non-driver, even as a person who can give a shit about cars, I was still a bit like, oh, I, I'm sure it's a shell inside. I'm sure I wrote exactly in the fucking same because like when they did it. the scratch down the side, I was like, oh well, at least it can just be you know repainted. <laughs> I suppose that I suppose it's probably actually sprayed probably two years ago. It probably was a, a wreck, yeah, like that. And then he starts fucking. They start doing the the boot. They start smacking the boot <laughs> yes. in, and I was like, "Well, that can probably be knocked out." Yeah, and then they time. do the windscreen, and they start doing other fucking windows, <laughs> and then he's just like pounding on the on the fucking um, bonnet, yeah. and then smacking the Rolls Royce thing off. And I did sort of, I have exactly the same thing. I was like, <laughs> "That is a museum quality car. I have no interest in it." But this uh, seems obscene, and, and I don't know why I found this so obscene. Uh, but uh, Kendrick Lamar's uh, partner, uh, I don't think uh, like legal sexual partner, mm. but like. Friend, I don't know who legal was. Sexual I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not purple lucky kind of situation. Who will touch anyone uh, illegally or legally? Um, uh, no, Kendrick Lamar's uh, a friend. I'm, ch- I'm sure people are screaming at their radios. Uh, however, you listen to the podcast. Uh, his friend at the Brit smashed up uh, like a Maserati or like like Got one you. of those kind of modern cars. But for some reason, the Rolls Royce just seems a bit less machine like uh, mass it's a market sort of, it, it's a bit of a like it's, it was look, clearly built in the 70s we're not going to get it we're not going to afford it we're never no, going to have one no but there is something about looking at it you just go it's a sort of thing of beauty would you have done that if he'd have brought like a painting down I've got a, I've got a, a minor Van Gogh with me and you yes. just go yeah we're going to fucking put our foot through it you go oh I don't know I don't, and I know you can pay to have it redone but it's like I just, I saw it. and the only thing I could think was that thing that Michael Cole started everything off with. I'm thinking, is this the pinnacle of entertainment? <laughs> what, watching a man just sort of destroy a beautiful object. I didn't even like watching it on Street Fighter 2, and that car was rubbish. <laughs> I used to love that on, uh, was it, uh, what was the game where you could walk along? It was like on the Commodore, Commodore Amiga. Right. You could walk along, and occasionally you could just punch out a car window as you oh, walked I by. Know, do, 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 do. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Renegade or that something. Was, that was like a very early ground. Theft Auto, you do in a fighting game, it would give you 30 seconds to beat out a car window. Oh, oh lovely. Man. Uh, Christian here does a little touch, and again, it's sort of why Christian is such a good wrestler. Yeah. Is that he once busts, they've done all this damage, the gives it a little polish. Tries like, to like, polish. Trying to make it nice. Tries to polish the scratch Yeah. Out. I yeah. think, you know, if, enjoyable. It, uh, until very recently, this did look like it was Edge's last match of all time. And I actually think it's, it's impossible not to look back on this and go, whatever your last match is, is probably not going to be oddly as perfect as this one, yeah. where you, you go out on top. I yeah. think, um, I'm not saying it's a mistake for him to come back and, you know, make good money and, you know, perform as well as he can perform. I, I just think, you know, sometimes you might look back and go, ah, oh, I should have left it there. <laughs> can't really top that in some ways. No. Uh, I thought this was a lovely little match. Um, <laughs> let's let's crack on. Yeah. Let's, let's crack straight on. And I think, you know, what, you, what you've got here is you've got the second good match in a row that might begin to make you think that this WrestleMania... It's going to be good. Yeah, because if you watch these after we talk about them or... As we talk about them, you'll be like, 
Actually, guys, I really enjoyed the Welsh Cup. You know, the, the <laughs> can't be all bad and everything. This seems like a long, long time ago since we saw these matches, and I only yeah. watched it last night. Yeah. Um, this is Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio. Um, what culture had this match as the best match of this WrestleMania in their big rundown of the best match at every WrestleMania. Okay, right, yeah. I'll so they were like, believe... when it comes to WrestleMania 27, this is the best match. Yeah. Is that looking through the lens of what Cody Rhodes has become? No, I, I don't kind of... think so particularly. Right. I, think, I, think, I think there is a thing if you're doing a list like that where you don't want to continually give The Undertaker the match of the night. Yeah. That makes her a boring list. Well, also, I think people watching The Undertaker match, I think would probably say, well, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of him yeah. in the and main, a, and the main a, chore. I've seen him do better. Yeah. You know? Um, this is... I think one of Rey Mysterio's best WrestleMania matches. Um, he had the one, obviously, at WrestleMania uh, would have been, what, 21, 22? Mm. Where he, no, 22, where he wins the world belt yeah. in memory of Eddie Guerrero. And that was, yeah, yeah, and that was a huge match, but it was very short. Yeah. Triple threat, and it was about seven minutes. And this match is a much better representation of Rey Mysterio's career in some ways, that you get to see him having a good match where he just never gives up. There's great determination. And it's just, it's a really enjoyable match to watch. Yeah. It's a really good back and forth. I had totally forgotten how good Cody Rhodes was at this point. Mm. Um, when, uh, just this period, I suppose, you know, you're beginning to begin to think that everything is bland because there's so much blandness around it. And watching this, I was shocked. I had no idea he was this good in WWE. Mm. I always think of it sort of like, oh, he leaves WWE, he does the independence, he's really got a fire, and he becomes, you know, the guy he is today, which is the legitimate second competition to Vince McMahon. You wouldn't watch this match and think that is the guy who is going to, you know, become the, the, the if you like, not the enemy of WWE, but certainly the only viable competition to it. You wouldn't necessarily have watched this match and thought anything other than, you know, the, uh, another one of these guys. But <laughs> watching it back with that sort of knowledge, I suppose, you, I was I was amazed by how good he was. I'd totally forgotten he was good at this point. Right. You know, and he's really, really good. good. Like I, I, I really enjoyed this match. And Ray comes out dressed as Captain America. Yeah. Have you got a list of uh, films that he could dress as? No, I <laughs> haven't, I'm afraid. Well, I have. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, he could have come out as Harry Potter in his Deathly Hallows. <laughs> that would have been great. He could have come out as Thor. Because this is the first generation of the Marvels. Marvel uh, kind of films. Got you. Uh, the Tree of Life. <laughs> Do you remember that film? <laughs> I went to the cinema, I see. That was awful. It was very strange. Uh, or Rango. I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen <laughs> him come out dressed as Rango. Or George Smiley from Tinker Tailor. <laughs> <laughs> that would big, have been. Big, thick glasses. Fucking really heavy rub, wool coat. <laughs> rubbing, yeah. rubbing, it, like, rubbing his glasses with the fat end of his tie. <laughs> A load of nicotine Classic. on his fingers. That would be good. I, I, do, I do have a problem <laughs> with Captain America right. and the reason for that is because I think that Captain America is very pro-America yes right okay. I mean, that's, I mean, not, that that's is... not a problem in itself right but I think it would be at the detriment and I think Captain America would help out the worst American over the best non-American yeah he would be definitely helping out uh, militias and death squads yep. in Venezuela yep. but, or, yep, or, or Cuba. I think or... if, if it came down to it and there was a terrorist, let's say for the sake of like it being comic booky, mm. they're from Romania or Transylvania, um, and they are about to shoot you mm. or the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez, <laughs> Captain America's <laughs> duty is to say... Richard Ramirez. Richard yeah. Ramirez yeah. must be saved because he is, even though he may be the worst American, he is better and the best non-American. Um, so I, I got very annoyed in this uh, match. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't really concentrate. About the non-American Ray yeah. Mysterio. Uh, Ray's also got a really disgusting little black beard that he's got a tie around yeah, as well, which, okay, um, yeah. which, which is almost like a hangover from his Avatar co costume from last year. And I was like, I'll oh, get rid of that, you horrible man. Uh, you look like some fucking sleazy barman, you naughty boy. Um, yeah, it, I, you know, I was really pleasantly surprised by this yeah, match. Fun mas uh, yeah, fun mask. Fun mask. Everyone's got a mask. Everyone's, mask. Got, everyone's got a mask on. They do. Uh, Cody Rhodes has broken his face. Yeah. <laughs> they say, oh, beautiful Cody Rhodes has broken his face. The, the, the funny thing about that is he had a, a fucking stinky gimmick, which is dashing Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And again, it's not like Ravishing Rick Rude, where he is like, 
you know, he doesn't care what you think. Mm. If you call Cody Rhodes dashing, you're asking people to just go, not dashing, fucking prick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and so... And also, his whole shtick being, call, being called a Rhodes, we remember what his dad looks like. <laughs> what did dad have to fuck to make that? Because <laughs> he's good looking. I believe it was a Care Bear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the perfect combination. But, I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, he's given nothing with his gimmicks, and you can see... Because, Pete, we've said it before, we've said it again, you cannot keep a Rhodes down. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is wearing black trunks and black boots. Mm. They have given him nothing to work with. They've given him this this fucking gimmick of dashing Cody Rhodes. Mm. He at least is doing a, let's break my face... You know, this used to happen quite a lot with, with wrestlers who thought they were pretty. Right. They'd always get their face hurt and they'd come back with a mask that was loaded. But he does this sort of Phantom of the Opera mask thing. And in the ring, he sells it really well. Mm. I, I just, I think, you know, you can see that they're giving him nothing. And they will continue to give him nothing throughout his WWE career. Yeah. And he will make the best of it. Mm. And against all of the odds, he will get more <laughs> over than he should. And as a result, they will punish him. <laughs> it's the circle of life. I'd really like them to get that mask that... That, uh, Cody Rhodes had and just jam it in a Hugo Savinovich's face <laughs> and see if it would conform to a handsome man's face. And when it popped off when it... Hugo's fat face, whether the fat would hold in place yeah. like a beautiful <laughs> sort of like model. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Um, there's a little bit like Cody does a standing superplex where he just holds mm. Rey Mysterio. People obviously love working with Rey Mysterio because he he's is super light. the smallest person you <laughs> work with. And, and unlike Hornswoggle, you know, he's sort of like, Hornswoggle is presumably lighter on the scales, but he's more difficult to manipulate. Yeah, he's, a, he's Ray a, sort of, you can balance the weight out. Yeah, he's got two, he's got two, he's, he's on a hinge. Uh, yeah. I guess Hornswoggle is, you, is, is you like lifting the block. You can pivot that motherfucker. Yeah. You try pivoting Hornswoggle, you will know about His it. His centre of gravity is all off, oh, Hornswoggle. So low. That's, that's how the doctor described it. I wonder if he's harder to pick up than a normal-sized person of the same weight. He must be. It's like a vase. But yeah. Compared yeah. to... Yeah, I reckon Compared I Compared to like one of those lead weights you get on like fancy scales yeah. in old shops. He, I, <laughs> in I, I bet. Chemists. I bet, yeah. Where did they all go, those scales? <laughs> they must have gone. You don't see them in chemists anymore. You get, do you know somewhere. what you get them, Pete? They go you, to junk shops and they just didn't, nobody you, buys them because they You get them in middle-class people's houses. Right, They will right. have them on a bureau. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, they, um, I think, I believe, and I don't know this to be the case, but I believe it's easier to lift up Vader than it would be Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, something I yeah, believe yeah, is yeah, true. Uh, but Jesus Christ, they work so well together. Ray Mysterio, he, he he has he has a sort of bad track record at the big events in WWF. In mm. WCW, they'd stick him on a pay per view. He'd steal the show every single time. Right. And somehow WWE, when they put him on a on a, um, a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. I don't know, it just never quite clicks. I think there was always the pressure that going, he was going to have the best match all the time. Right. For some reason, it just always went off the boil. Mm. But this is a match that really no one talks about, that is really, really good. The two work really, really well together. Um, the crowd are so behind it that they are chanting Cody, but they're also cheering for Rey Mysterio. Mm. Um, there's a bit right near the end where Cody jumps off the turnbuckle uh, or vice, no, vice versa, Ray jumps off the turnbuckle and he obviously wanted to jump into Cody putting a foot up to sort of knock him out. And Cody keeps his legs down, so Ray just jumps off, just sort of grabs him by the feet on the jump. <laughs> and you can see there's a moment where they're like, what? Like do we do. And Cody pushes him off. But the crowd are so into it, they don't sort of start going, you fucked up, you fucked up. They right. don't sort of go, <laughs> like they, they just sort of cut them some slack. There's a, both of these guys are really likable in this match. And it's yeah. a funny thing we don't talk about very much in wrestling, which is whether a crowd just warms to you. Yeah. And I think both of these guys, I think for Cody, certainly, the, the knowledge that he was Dusty Rhodes' son, people were sort of warmer to him than if you like, he'd have just been a guy who was playing a bad guy. I think mm. people would have booed him out. But people almost could sense the I don't know like, like the potential in him yeah and it's a potential that he's realised so much more astonishingly than, than you would ever imagine yeah. looking at looking at this he, he's a you know he is Dusty Rhodes' son and, and what's incredible is that he's you know now working at the level that Dusty Rhodes was doing behind the scenes you know at, at a level that Dusty Rhodes really did he I mean it's hard to say whether... He did it in a bigger corporation, I guess. He did it in a bigger corporation, but of course it wasn't his federation. He mm. wasn't the man who motivated it to start, and that's what Cody has done. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean... You would argue that he has, in a broader sense in wrestling, achieved more functionally than, than, than Cody Rhodes. Hugely. Uh, than Dusty Rhodes. Hugely, hugely. And I think, you know, he's done it at a time when it's never been, you know, it's never been 
more what lucrative, but also, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, the the, the, the amount of money that you can lose doing this potentially mm. is so much more than when Dusty Rhodes was sitting there in Florida going, you know, <laughs> let's get Pac Thong back, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I've never seen anyone count on that, you know, that mysterious spin on the ropes where he runs out and, yeah, and spins his legs the around. The 619. Yeah, six, and, and, and uh, Rod just grabs on his leg. I'm like, ah! Oh, that, that, that was... That, that, anyone could have done that at any point. Once you start doing that about blocking moves, is that thing, it was... There was uh, a little bit we were watching in WCW where someone's thrown into the ring. It's a, a, a mean Mark uh, Calloway match. <laughs> and uh, I think Johnny Ace throws him into the, into the ropes and uh, Johnny Ace does a drop oh, kick. Yeah, but does. Mark Callis just, just goes, comes off the ropes and he just goes, I'll take a step to the left. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Guys, be careful about breaking those things about what, what is and isn't possible. Because, uh, I mean, if you're going to catch it's every a, move... It's like shout, he didn't really punch me. <laughs> he slapped his leg and that's why it made the sound. Yeah, that looks good, but actually it didn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Rey Mysterio also takes Cody's finisher really well. Uh, I like the fact that Cody has been using now the same finisher for, what is it, uh, 19 years? Yeah. No, nine years, nine years. Um, he's been using the same finisher, the crossroads, which mm. is sort of... At the time when you first started seeing it, you see it now, people take it brilliantly. They really land on their head and they really bounce off and it looks fucking devastating. And this is one of the first times you see Rey Mysterio is actually bothered to say, and what is, is the best way I should take this? Yeah. Because <laughs> Cody does it and Rey knows what he's doing and yeah. it looks neat and it looks efficient and yeah. it's uh, it's a nice little match it's um i i I, I, honestly, if you'd have asked me a hundred times who was the winner of this match, and this match I had no recollection of taking place. If someone said to me, Cody versus Rey Mysterio, you'd been like, oh, yeah, but not WrestleMania. No, no, you're totally wrong. <laughs> Didn't happen. If you'd have asked me a hundred times who won, you'd go, well, obviously Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and it was nice to see Cody get this one. I think it's, you know, uh, he, he's like a lot of those second generation stars. I think, you know, they have to fight quite hard to get out of that, um, you know, that low Shut level. Up. They get the opportunities, but then it's difficult for them to progress. Mm. And I think, think something like this, just to be able to say you had a win at WrestleMania, even I mean, the worst thing is you'd say I had a win at WrestleMania, and someone would say, oh, "What number?" and you'd go, "27." Yeah. <laughs> and they go, "Oh, oh, let's Look. talk about how much that card stinks." <laughs> <laughs> the card didn't necessarily stink; it was just the way it was done was stinky. It was stinky, it was. stinky. Um, <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to meet you too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, hey, look, I cannot wait till next week because we're going to be on match fucking three. Yes. Well done, us. If you can't wait, you goddamn <laughs> bastard. Uh, <laughs> head on up to Patreon, support us on Patreon, and you get an extra show, uh, not necessarily about uh, WrestleMania. Uh, uh, you get an extra show a week, you get uh, a newsletter, uh, you get ad-free WrestleMania as well, so you don't need me telling you to join the army or, you know, subscribe to things and that. Uh, but uh, you also get the entirety of this pay-per-view. So if you want to know what happens next, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestle me. It's as simple and as unalloyed as that. That's the gimmick. Patreon.com forward slash wrestle me. That's our two by four. That's our whore. That's our USA. <laughs> Just head on over there and we'll sort you out all nice. I'm going to get a t shirt that says, That's our heart. <laughs> <laughs> wrestle me, Pete. I'm the pimp master. Wrestle me, Mark. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.